Hi, everyone. This is Florence Brummer, your host of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I've lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, a grandmother, a wife, a movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999. I became a lawyer about 10 months after I moved to Phoenix. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. Thank you for joining me on this journey and finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. Today, I'm going to talk about a recent trip to Disneyland and what that was like um, during COVID times, and also just kind of how it is while being a lawyer. I did the trip the way that I always do the trip, which is three nights and four days. And one way that I've been doing Disney, I haven't been to Disneyland in, um, let me think about this, three years. The last time was in uh, January 1999. I'm sorry, January 1999, January 2019, I was supposed to go in April 2020, and Disneyland shut down, I think in March or February, it shut down actually like a few weeks before my vacation, and I remember thinking, oh, that's okay, I'll just push it to May, you know, a few more weeks out, and it didn't open up for, I think, about a year. So anyways, uh, let's talk about Disneyland during COVID. So the way I've done my Disney trips for the last couple of years is I've made it a Sunday to a Tuesday trip. In prior years, I've done, you know what, did I say Sunday to Tuesday? I'm sorry. I'll tell you this, it's been a couple days since I've gotten back, and I'm still totally burned out. The trip was a Saturday to Tuesday to spend Sunday in Disneyland and Monday in California Adventure. So Saturday and Tuesday were travel days. In prior years, I would do the same sort of trip, but go to back to Disneyland on Tuesday and then fly home Tuesday night. That's what I was going to do on this trip. And I was traveling with my three daughters, two are adults, one is 15, my son-in-law, and the the two babies, um, you know, my two adult daughters each has a son. One is two and one is one. And I thought, you know, probably two days at the parks is plenty. It was overly optimistic to think we could do three days. So Saturday, well, first of all, I had to get ready to go. So Friday, I cleaned up at my office. I did emails. I sent my outgoing email message to say that I was in Disneyland. I checked on my mail, did everything I needed to do to clean up. And it was kind of nice that I was starting the trip on the weekend because I was able to do this on a Friday. So on Saturday, I didn't set an alarm. We didn't need to leave until 1230. That's also the nice thing about not going to a park on a travel day is that you can take flights that are not too early and not too late. Um, The trip, there were seven of us. So that was kind of 
awkward because you couldn't do anything in one car. It was always two cars, two baby seats, two cribs. And by Friday night, I was really starting to feel that this trip was way too ambitious. I I actually was going to get an airport transport. I found a company out of Scottsdale that took you in one of those, um, I don't know if it was a Mercedes transport, you know, that carries like 12, or if it was a Ford Transit. I'm not really sure what their vehicle was. But I went to book it, and it was $750 to take you to the airport and pick you up. And I said, forget it. We'll do two Ubers. So on Saturday, I packed, and I kept it light. I did a lot of leggings, uh, my puffer jacket, which is extremely light. I highly recommend this company called 32 Degrees. They have a great website, but I think they also sell the products at Macy's and Costco now. Extremely affordable, extremely good quality, and this puffer jacket doesn't weigh anything and comes in a bag. I had two pairs of tennis shoes. I brought a pair of flats just in case I needed to get dressed up a little bit. And I've always had this quote, which is, you can't be cute at Disneyland. So we took, um, I booked for us to go to the airport, and I have the Uber app and the Lyft app. So we did one Uber and one Lyft. It sort of took forever for the two cars, and we get to the airport, and we have tons of luggage. We have two car seats, a double stroller, and I go to the counter at American, and I have the American credit card, and I am... I guess I'm a gold member, which I felt meant nothing because when we went and checked in our luggage, they told me it would be $70. They charged me $170 later when I looked at my credit card, which I then disputed. They charged for the car seats, which they, I guess, weren't supposed to, which is what I found out later. They even charged me for more bags than I had. And I cannot begin to explain how rude. Sorry if you just heard some ringing. My daughters are trying to get a hold of me to do something on a Saturday. And I'm trying to do a podcast really quick before we go. But these two women at the American counter were so rude. And they were wearing masks. You know, you have to wear a mask in the airport. And one of them asked me a question. And I couldn't hear so I answered it or I thought I was answering it correctly she asked me you know what to this day I still think I'm answering it correctly because we had two reservations I had one reservation because I bought my ticket with points and then another reservation for everybody else because I bought their tickets with money and she had said how many Brummers are on this reservation and she was looking at the second reservation and it was two and she goes no there's three Brummers on your reservation. No, there's not because I'm the third Brummer. I'm on my own reservation. And it's one of those things where you don't argue with the person because you're afraid they're going to throw you out of the airport. Um, And then we have this double stroller. It's this really lightweight stroller that I bought for myself at Christmas. And we brought it for the boys. And it and they look at the stroller and they say, oh, the stroller has a 20 pound limit. So If we brought two separate strollers, we could have a 40-pound limit, but because we had one double stroller, they claimed it was a 20-pound limit. And and this was a small stroller, by the way, about as wide as a regular stroller. 
And they make us take these the babies out of it, put it on the scale. It's 22.5 pounds. Oh, that's too heavy. Uh, 2.5 pounds over. Check it. So then we had to carry the babies through the airport. And then I have, as part of my credit card, I have a membership to the American Lounge. So we sit down, we get snacks um, for the kids. And before we even got there, when I checked in, you know, there's three, there's three kids, two of them are babies. And the woman at the counter said, well, I'm gonna have to charge you for two people. And I said, well, I don't think that's how it's supposed to be on this card. But whatever. So I pay the money. I sit down, I go to pull out my phone, I don't have it. I immediately start panicking because the Disney tickets are on it. And I did have the thought to print everything out. I had printouts of everything in my purse and I also had my iPad. So I could have recouped everything. But at that moment when I could not find my phone, I was panicking. And then I remembered the last time I had it, I had it in the stroller, but I don't know if it fell out of my, because the people at the counter took the stroller. They folded it up and took it. You can't bring the, th- the stroller through. But I don't know if it fell out of the stroller. I don't know if I took it and it was in my bag and fell out of my bag. And my watch, since I had an upgrade, I have an um, Apple watch, it will alert me when my um, phone goes away from me, but it didn't alert me. And it was when I sat down and I looked at the um, face of my watch and I saw that little line that showed me there was no phone. The crazy thing is that my youngest daughter and I just recently started sharing locations on our phone. So she looked at her phone and she could see the general location of the phone. So we went back to security because it kind of seemed like it was there. But I was also thinking if they're loading it onto the plane, then it could be there as well. And I was almost ready to scrap the whole trip. Like I was so upset and so frustrated at that time. And everyone... So everyone got on the plane and my daughter and I were running through the airport to see if my phone was around. So, and then finally I'm like, let's just go. Cause then the next thought I had was, well, if my phone is on the plane, it's going somewhere. So I better go there anyways. Plus all our luggage is going. We have these Disney tickets. We have these reservations. And, um, I figured let's go. My phone also has like a little wallet on it that has an ID in it, my passport ID. So it could be identified to be for me, but I mean, who knows? I don't know if someone finds it and keeps it. So we sat on the plane. I finally calmed down and I had a book in my bag and I just read a book. And this was my first time on a plane in forever where I didn't watch a movie. I didn't watch a show. I didn't watch a podcast. And I'm sorry, my daughter keeps calling me. Hi, honey, I'm doing a podcast. I'll be done in a little bit, okay? Okay, all right. <laughs> she got through on my computer. And I, um, because I had miles, I I booked myself a ticket in first class, and everyone uh, else sat in coach. And the kids said the babies were great, and I, I just calmed down during the flight. So everyone landed we get all our stuff 
of when we landed, I got off the plane and everyone else joined me. And I said to my daughter, who has the tracking on her phone, I said, can you, um, sorry, I, this is the problem with doing one of these on a Saturday afternoon. Everyone's trying to get a hold of me. Um, you know, my daughter's wanting to spend some time with me, which is a nice problem to have. So, but I have so much work to do this weekend. I wanted to get my podcast done a little bit early. So when my daughter gets off the plane, I say, can you check if my phone is here? And she looks on her phone and it says it's in California, you know, like near us, near at the airport. So then my next fear is that when the stroller actually gets to me, it's not going to be there. It's laying in the bottom of a plane somewhere. I figured, okay, I can deal with that if I can, if I need to, at least I sort of know that it's there instead of not knowing where it is at all or that it's back in Phoenix. So it comes, the stroller comes through the baggage claim and it's in a tub and in the tub is my phone. So it fell out of the stroller. The people saw it and put it with the stroller in like a big plastic bin I was so happy, like just so happy. My phone wasn't broken. It wasn't cracked. The other thing is this was a brand new phone. I've had it for about two weeks. Um, I got a new phone and my daughter got my old phone because her phone died and kids are just hard on phones. So I figured I would get the new one because my phones last me forever until this whole thing where I've either lost my phone or it's broken or whatever, but nothing, you know, nothing. It's totally fine. So we get two taxis. Uh, The drivers were really wonderful and helpful and patient because we had car seats. We checked into our hotel, which was a residence in, um, which I'll recommend. It's the residence in on, I think the address is on Harbor. No, it was on Catella. Um, It's like 630 Catella. And this is a hotel I would recommend. They have really, really nice size rooms if you need them. It had two bedrooms. It had one bedroom with two queen beds and one kid's room that had a bunk bed. I actually took the bunk bed. My youngest daughter and I took the bunk bed to get the bunks, bunk beds together and everyone else took the queen beds. There were two bathrooms, which was a godsend. There was one living room with a sofa bed. Nobody ended up sleeping on the sofa bed. Um, we got two pack and plays, one baby slept in the living room, one slept in the queen bedroom, and we would hang out after the babies went to sleep in the tiny little bedroom with the, um, bunk beds. So it was, you know, this big room and we're all together and probably, I don't know, I don't even think it was 10 by 10 and we'd sit on the floor and camp out so we could spend a little bit of time together. It had a kitchen. Uh, The kitchen was stacked with dishes, silverware, cups, coffee cups. The coffee pot didn't work. That was a bit of a disappointment. We were going to have coffee one night. And there were um, butcher knives in a very low drawer in what was called a family room. So I thought that was odd. But uh, we moved the knives and 
kept an eye on the kids and it just was weird. I think the coffee pot, I don't know that anyone ever uses the coffee pot because you can get coffee downstairs in the morning. So maybe no one gets it. So the first night we walked to the Disneyland Hotel, it was about a mile walk. I had made a reservation at Goofy's Kitchen. Before you go to Disneyland, make sure you have the app on your phone. You can put your tickets on it. You can upgrade your tickets to get the lightning passes on it. You can make reservations. I made dinner reservations two months before we left. And thank goodness, because I don't think we would have gotten to Goofy's Kitchen otherwise. Um, we couldn't take a cars anywhere because we had the car seats. So that meant if we were going to have an Uber, we had to take a car seat and then carry a car seat. So we just knew we had to walk everywhere. When we got there, it took them a couple of minutes to seat us. And I had a reservation and they said it was going to be a bit. <laughs> because we had two high chairs. And I just begged them. I said, we flew here. We have been traveling. We have these two babies that are starving. If there's anything you can do at all. And she said, I'll see what I can do. And we got seated in a couple of minutes. There were no uh, Goofy's Kitchen as a character dinner, except there was no character interaction anymore because of COVID. It became more of a show where the characters would dance through the restaurant and kind of wave to kids and blow kisses. I was bummed at first, but it really ended up being okay. A super great wait staff at Goofy's Kitchen. It was a buffet, lots of kid-friendly foods, but some nice dishes. Um, there was a lentil curry stew that was really good, like surprisingly good. Lovely desserts and desserts that were bite-sized, like a little tiny, oh, I can't even think what they had, maybe like a little tiny um, key lime pie or a little tiny piece of banana bread that was like one or two bites. So you could get a sample and just try a bunch of different things. There was soda, coffee, water, all included. The baby, my um, youngest grandson, Gray, who's one, he was shoveling the food, like shoveling in his mouth. I've never seen anyone eat so much at a buffet in my life. At first, he was scared of the characters, but then he really got into it, dancing, clapping. That kid alone made up for the price, and it is pricey. For the seven of us to eat, and there was no charge for the babies, the seven of us to eat, and they put the gratuity on it, for gratuity drinks food, $350. While leaving, we were so happy. Um, not because we were leaving, because we were happy. It was the perfect way to get the trip going. We got back to the hotel. The kids passed out with their full stomachs and, um, and, and you know, tired from traveling. And then we get up at, on Sunday. So Disney opened at 8 on Sunday, and I got up at 5. Breakfast on Sunday was 7 to 10. And the hotel had breakfast, which a lot of hotels had closed down their breakfast for COVID or made it where you could just grab, like, bananas or yogurt. But this was opened up again, and it was great. Anywhere inside, you had to wear a mask, and then if you're sitting and eating, you could take the mask off. They had um, 
you know, waffle makers. You can make waffles. Uh, They had scrambled eggs every morning, bananas, apples, oranges, oatmeal, cereal. And so the goal, we went and ate. The goal was to be out of there at 745. I didn't want to get to Disneyland right at 8 because you have a backlog of people. But a few minutes after is a good time to get there, like 8.15. You can get a ton of things done in the early hours because most people get to Disney like 11. This is something that I've learned about Disney is that most visitors to Disney live in Southern California. So about two-thirds of the people that you see in the park are from Southern California. So they don't have an incentive to be there first thing in the morning. They're probably driving from L.A. or San Diego, wherever. So they're not trying to see everything in one day. Also, because a lot of them have annual passes. Well, getting seven people out the door and getting there was longer than I thought. So we got there a little bit after nine. And we went to, and here's just some tips for going to Disneyland that I think works pretty well. If you get there early, go to Fantasyland first and knock out as many of the small rides as possible. So we did Mr. Toad's, Casey Jr. Trains, Pinocchio, the Merry-Go-Round, It's a Small World. We did all of this as quickly as we can before the light, the line started to get long. On the app, I bought a lightning pass, which was $20 per ticket, but you can book, it used to be called the fast pass, but you can book these passes, which are basically reservations on many rides, not all rides, anywhere in the park. It was 100% worth it. I would book things and we would walk to that ride and get on the ride and immediately. Then um, after doing Fantasyland, like at some point, like around 11 or 12, it starts to get really crowded. So then I like to go to Frontierland, Critter, and Adventureland. Those take longer to fill up. So we did the Haunted Mansion, Winnie the Pooh, Tiki Hut. And here's another thing about going with toddlers. Give them snacks nonstop. We had apples and bananas from breakfast. I bought them churros, um, ice cream. Strollers are a huge pain at Disneyland. You have to park them not near a ride and then carry the kids. It's better at California Adventure. They made more room for strollers, but Disneyland is really difficult for strollers. Then we walked to the front of the park and went to the um, Abe Lincoln show. I sat out because um, you couldn't bring a stroller in it and the babies were sleeping. And then we went to Tomorrowland and went on Buzz Lightyear. They have a Star Wars ride there that's been there forever, probably 30 years. And I hate that ride so much. It gives me the worst motion sickness and lots of people that I've been with has given them terrible motion sickness. And I won't go on that anymore. It's the one in that's in Tomorrowland. It's not in the new Star Wars land. Then we went on Autotopia. The kids were one on one and two. We went on almost everything. If not, we took turns with the stroller. Then we went back to the um, like New Orleans area. 
where Haunted Mansion and Pirates are, we ate at a place called French Market where I've never eaten before. It was lovely. They had a counter for beignets. It was very New Orleans food. They had a really good vegetable jambalaya with rice. They had a Mardi Gras cake. Um, another thing with the app is that you can do mobile ordering. And if you couldn't do, if it wasn't mobile ordering on the app, you looked at the menu so you could order and um, get going. Then uh, New Orleans area was ready for Mardi Gras, like beads everywhere, masks. It was very cute. Then we went on Pirates of the Caribbean. It broke down when we were on it, but it still was really fun. Lots of rides broke down when either when we were on them or broke down when we weren't on them or were shut down being refurbished. Then we went back to the new Star Wars land. I had never seen it because it opened right after my last trip there. And then uh, it was, you know, Disney was closed for COVID, so I had not seen it. On the way there, I saw Brian Bishop from the film vault. And those of you who listen to me know that the guys from the film vault are my good friends, and I've been on their podcast um, many times, several times, a handful of times, um, enough times where I feel really, really blessed to be part of the show, where they've let me do segments and do reviews and talk about movies, which I love to talk about. So it was just so shocking to see him, um, but he was there with his family. Um, after on my way home, I found out that he had COVID and when, um, before we went to Disneyland, I talked to a few people from Arizona who went to Disneyland and they got COVID in Disneyland. And, um, I had COVID in September and I thought I'm not going to shut my life down and, I said, what are the odds? Not everybody there can get COVID. Um, But it's crazy the amount of people that I've talked to who've gone to Disneyland and then when they've gotten back have discovered that they had COVID. So the Star Wars land was very cool. Uh, We went on the Millennium Falcon ride. It was so cool. And it's an all-immersive area. It's like the Harry Potter land in Universal where it feels like you're in the movie. I highly recommend it. We went there in the evening. It wasn't too crowded. A lot of people had crowded or had cleared out. My understanding is that lots of people go for that area. So it was um, a blessing to go in and not have a lot of people. Then we went back to Fantasyland to see if we could take the babies on anything. We went on the teacups. It was still pretty crowded in the area. I let the everyone go to Space Mountain while I sat with the babies. It took a while for them to come back. Um, and then we split up. My Oldest daughter took the two babies and four of us stayed behind. Then we went back to Star Wars because I had a reservation at the cantina. So fun. And again, if you're going, make your reservations well in advance because I saw people waiting to get in and people weren't getting in if they didn't have reservations. And there's not, 
there's not really, it's just not that big. There's like some booths and you can stand around the bar. Um, it's super expensive. They have alcohol drinks. We had some really, really fun alcohol drinks. We had a 15 year old with us. She did not have an alcohol drink, but she had this fun non-alcoholic drink and the Star Wars music is playing and it looks like the Star Wars bar and it's very cool. So then my middle daughter and her husband went home and my youngest and I hit some more rides until it closed at 11. We actually left about 1040 because it got to the point where it didn't seem like we were going to be able to get on any more rides, but we went back to Fantasyland and went on Alice in Wonderland. They have redone the Snow, ri- Snow White ride. It's really cute, like really cute. I wish I could have done it another time. We went on Big Thunder Mountain. My daughter went on the Matterhorn. I don't go on that one because it kills my back. We walked through the Sleeping Beauty Castle and the one ride that I always try to go on and I haven't been on in, in on years is the Peter Pan ride. And if we would have got there at eight in the morning, we probably could have done everything. But, um, you know, getting there at nine just put put us out to where we couldn't get anything, get everything done. There is something so stupid about the Disneyland ride at um Dis, or I'm sorry, the Peter Pan ride at Disneyland, you can't get on the stupid thing. There's a 30 minute to an hour wait every single time. And I don't understand right. It's like a two minute ride. It There are three other rides in close proximity that usually have a five to 10 minute wait. And Peter Pan has like this crazy long wait. We walked like 25,000 steps. It was so crazy. And we went home and I just pass out. And so the next day we're going to California Adventure. The hours are a little bit different. They're nine to eight. So we could sleep in a little bit. My youngest and I took the babies to breakfast Then everyone else got up. My goal was to be there at 9 because I had a 9.30 court call. I didn't have to say anything. I was observing, but I wanted to just be in the park and make sure that I could have a quiet place to listen to the call. So we don't end up leaving till about 9.15. So I took the call on the way, and the court was having technical difficulties. So I did... The call while my grandsons did the Disney Junior dance party and ended the call while on Monsters, Inc. I wanted to go back and do the Monsters, Inc. ride, but it was too crowded later, so it was just like, forget it. Then we went to Cars Land, and Adam, who's the two-year-old, was so happy. He met Tomater and Lightning McQueen. This was about the only character interactions you could get because they were cars and I think there's people there has to be people in the cars because they drove away so you can actually go up to the cars Um, the kids ate churros they fell asleep and while they were sleeping all of us went on the radiator um, springs racers which is the most fun ride I've ever been on and we all did single riders and switched um, sitting with the babies in the stroller and the kids are too small for it so 
we went when they were sleeping. A couple of the kids did Guardians of the Galaxy together, and my oldest daughter and I walked through the new Avengers area and saw a bit of the Avengers show. We had lunch at the Wine Country Trattoria, which is delicious, a great lunch. I had spaghetti aglio olio and a wonderful bruschetta. I highly recommend this restaurant. Like, it's just really nice. Expensive, but not, like, crazy Disney expensive. Like, way cheaper than Goofy's Kitchen by probably, like, half. There was lots of rides that never opened when we were there um, or broke down. Little Mermaid was broken down. The new Spider-Man ride. The carousel on the pier. Um, so after having lunch, we walked to the pier, which is always kind of a fun area. It's like the Santa Monica Pier, but not gross like the Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> One time I went to the Santa Monica Pier and beach, and I'll never go back there. It was just so gross. We went on the Toy Story ride. People who wanted to go on the Incredicoaster went on it. And then we walked the whole pier and circled around. My daughter and son-in-law left to get ready for dinner because uh, it was the day before their wedding anniversary. And myself and the babies and my two other daughters walked more. We walked um, all over California Adventure Scene if there was like some other stuff that we could do. We had planned to stay till it closed at 8, but actually left about 5.30. Between the things that were closed and the kids getting tired... And it got really crowded in the evening. I believe there's some sort of fireworks or light show. And people were starting to flood in around 5.30 or 6. So it just seemed like an opportune time to go. So on the way home, we took this uh, longer loopy route where we walked through downtown Disney. And saw they had really fun restaurants. So I was disappointed that I didn't get to spend more time there. Went back to the hotel, ordered in food from DoorDash, put the babies down, and we all sat in the little bedroom. My daughters were doing homework, and I started on my emails. So I only missed two office days um, because we were gone Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So this is Monday. So I am one office day gone, you know, from the office. I had like 600 emails. (laughs) So I did as many as I could. And you know, a lot you can delete right away, but still 600 is a lot. And then finally, I just got so tired. And I went to bed watching a documentary. And it's my documentary that I always watch when I'm in a hotel and going to sleep. And it's the Never Sleep Again, which is the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary and it has fun interviews and fun facts about Nightmare on Elm Street and it's like four hours long it's on YouTube but I always put it on because I've seen it before and every time I watch it I hear something that I didn't hear the first time and I don't have to like watch it watch it it's not like putting on a movie you know I slept nine hours solid like did not wake up for anything got up, took the babies to breakfast. And so this is just a travel day. We had to be out of the hotel about 1030. So everyone got up leisurely, went to breakfast, showered, packed. The room was so insanely 
filled with garbage because it, they don't come and clean your room anymore. So after three days and seven people, it was not pretty. So we did leave a nice tip for the hotel cleaning staff. And everything's going well, you know, and, and everything is great. And um, half of the group gets into an Uber and leaves. And as I'm getting into the Uber, um, well, as we were leaving the hotel, I had a Diet Coke. And I asked my youngest daughter to grab it for me. And it was a, you know, a bottle with a screw tap. And we're down at the getting in the car. And I'm like, what happened to that Diet Coke? And I look in my purse and she had put it in my purse and it was spilled all over everything. All of my, um, my wallet, my makeup case, uh, my phone was sitting in a pile of Diet Coke. I was so upset, like so upset. And so before we got in the car, like the car was there and we we're packing it up. I took out baby wipes and I took everything out and I had two big Ziploc bags in my purse that I had left over from packing. So I threw them in my purse instead of my suitcase. And it was such a godsend because I wiped everything off and put everything in the plastic bags because the lining was all wet. And the lining was kind of vinyl. So it was not bad cleaning. And I just cleaned my stuff all the way to the airport. And I was just so upset. I'm like, here we go again. Like, why is everything regarding traveling so hard? So as crappy as everyone was at Phoenix Sky Harbor, everyone was wonderful at the John Wayne Orange County Airport. Such beautiful, helpful people. So friendly. So friendly when we checked in our bags and went to the lounge. And they were so friendly and nice. And I will say this. I have been to this lounge at Orange County probably five or six times. A hundred percent of the time, the people are extremely helpful and friendly. They Most of the people leaving from this airport, well, I don't want to say most, a lot of people are leaving Disneyland. So they'll ask you about your Disneyland trip and your favorite rides. And they're just sweet. The flight was fine. The luggage was waiting for us when we got there. And it always seems to me like at Sky Harbor, when you get off the plane, you have to wait like a good half hour. It was there. Like the belt was even off. It wasn't even moving anymore. It was so quick. We got two Ubers and half of us goes off right away. And then the other Uber is on the other side of the airport. And he texts me and he says, I'm waiting for you. And I said, that's not where I am. And so he had to drive all around and it took him probably a good 20 minutes. And we finally get home and I was so tired. I made a small dinner. I did laundry. Um, immediately unpacked. And I declared it a successful trip. And it's crazy how hard travel can be. But ultimately, it was very successful. So those are some Disneyland trips. Those are some things or Disneyland tips and some tips for traveling during COVID. Um, to speak about masks, you didn't have to wear a mask when you were outside. Anytime that you were on an inside ride, you had to wear a mask or went into a restaurant. And then of course, masks for Uber, airport and the airplane. So not too bad. I, I will tell you I'm getting 
uh, wary of masks. Um, in Arizona, you don't have to wear them too much. Um, but when you go other places, it seems you have to wear them a lot more and I'm just tired of it. Okay. I have a couple mo uh, movie reviews for you. I think I may have reviewed Power of the Dog on my last podcast. If I did not, um, watch it. It's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, it's free. Brand new movie most likely will be nominated for many Oscars. It was, oh gosh, I don't know how to describe it. A movie I can't stop thinking about. I just have been randomly thinking about this movie. It went in a way I didn't think it was going and um, was kind of a surprise. Really good at acting, uh, really beautiful shots, kind of moved slow, but it seemed like that was the purpose of it. And Benedict Cumberbatch gave an amazing performance. To me, he always does, but this, it was really good. On Apple TV, there's two new movies, and you can get Apple TV, I think, for free with a lot of your Apple devices, or if you get a new Apple device. I've had it for free for a while, and I can't remember what device I got where it came with an Apple TV membership. Um, the movies are Swan Song and Tragedy of Macbeth. So Swan Song is a movie about a man who figures out or finds out he's terminally ill and he has a clone made to, so his family doesn't know he died and the clone at some point, his memory, memory will be wiped so the clone doesn't realize he's a clone. At first he does know he's a clone and he has to learn everything, but at one point it's wiped and life goes on for the family and for the clone and no one ever knows. And I just had so many thoughts during this movie and very sad. I mean, it's sort of like a no brainer. Like if you had the opportunity to have a clone made of yourself, you would do this. So your family wouldn't be hurt. But what does the being left behind feel like? And it was just done really well, but really, really sad. Tragedy of Macbeth is Joel Cohn's um, vision of Macbeth and Denzel Washington is Macbeth and Francis McDormand, McDormand is Lady Macbeth I sort of didn't want to see it because I'm like okay I love Macbeth it's probably my favorite tragedy of, of Shakespeare but I've seen it a million times I've read it a million times I've studied it in school like really what can it bring and it was filmed so beautifully. It was filmed in black and white, which I'll be honest, I usually hate. <laughs> but it was, it was almost filmed like a horror movie, you know, like with such dread. And the acting was amazing. And Denzel Washington, to me, is like very specific, like in a way, he's always Denzel. And when the movie first started, I felt that way. But then he just sort of faded away and Macbeth came in. And um, I really liked it. And then because it's a newer movie, they did a lot of things with special effects that instead of just sort of standing on a stage and talking. So I recommend it, especially if you can watch it on Apple TV and can watch it for free. You probably will see nominations of uh, Swan Song, 
um, for Best Actor, and I'm guessing Tragedy of Macbeth, um, I would guess for cinematography and for acting as well. I also had a recommendation for a book that I just read. It's called The Practice, Brutal Truths About Lawyers and Lawyering by Brian Tannenbaum. I loved this book. I just loved it. It was a great book for someone who's been practicing law for a while or someone who's new to the practice. It has lots of chapters on marketing. Those I kind of skipped over uh, or read quickly. But the chapters that I really enjoyed was sort of the time management and lifestyle and and how you develop your own practice and what your practice looks like. So he had some rules and I have taken his rules and developed my own rules, which I wanted to share with you, which maybe can help in whatever business you're in. So number one, make your own rules. What do, what do you want your practice or your job to look like? And you make it look like that. It doesn't have to look like how someone else is practicing. Also, take a real break every week. To me, I try to have one day where I'm not doing anything that is work-related so my mind can clear. It makes me work better on the other days. Don't, um, this is one that I stole from Brian, which is don't charge referral fees. Um, I've never even thought about charging referral fees. It's something that I guess happens where someone will refer a case to someone, you know, to a personal injury person and say, you know, if you can have me on the case, I'd like 10% or whatever. And Arizona has lightened up their restrictions on referral fees. So you can, uh, ask for them and easier. But I feel like it's sort of karma. Like if I'm referring cases to people, then hopefully I'm getting some cases back. And I always have. So I never have thought about charging a referral fee. Be courteous to opposing counsel. I am courteous to opposing counsel unless they give me a reason not to be. Otherwise, I'm not going to be mean for them just for the purpose of being an asshole. Um, a lot of times I find that being non-courteous would backfire. Um, you know, when attorneys are jerks, they, there's a reputation and judges know the reputation and the staff that works for judges knows the reputation and people don't want to work with these people. Another one is, um, clients don't own you. You know, you're, you're working for them. You're doing a job for them, but they can't abuse you and they can't, um, yell at you or swear at you or demean you. And the same with your staff. You are not an indentured servant to your clients. Um, and if you need to withdraw because you're being abused, then withdraw. One of the um, tips that Brian had was he doesn't reschedule a missed consult. I do. And I'll tell you why. If I have a consult that is missed, and, and because I have my own office, I am able to do something else. I'm at my computer working on something until someone comes in. So if they miss it, I continue to work on what's, what's happening. 
The only time it was an issue for me is when I used to schedule Saturday consultations because a lot of people would miss those and those were are ones where I would like specially come into the office but since I stopped Saturday consultations I'm not having this as a problem anymore. I will give people a call afterwards um, if they've missed it I, you know I, I wait a period of time and then I just give them a call and I say hey this is Florence I'm not calling to yell at you I'm just telling you you missed your consultation if you still need it give me a call. Um, I don't mind rescheduling. So that was one where I think you make your own rule. If uh, you feel like you don't want to reschedule them, don't. If you feel like you can make it work, then do. Here was one that I really liked that he did, in which I have tried to do, but doesn't always work out. Put a date to end for the holidays. And you know what? I sort of do this because Christmas is the 25th. I try, I, I will have nothing on the 24th. Um, I really, really, really try hard to have nothing on the 23rd. And if possible, I don't have anything from the 17th or 18th to the 22nd. This year, I was not successful on that because the way that Christmas fell since it fell on a Saturday, the week before was just sort of like a regular week. So I had court the Friday before, which I think was the 16th or 17th, and then the 18th, 19th, 20, 21st. Like, so all the days before Christmas, I had court, which was hard, but what he recommended, which I really liked, was he puts a line in the sand for the 17th. And then if the court says, are you available for a hearing? And if it is not like the most urgent hearing in the world, he'll say, no, I'm not available. Let's schedule it after Christmas. Or he'll, and he says, it, he said, it's not like he's not working. So he's still working. He's still staying up on phone calls. He's still staying on emails. But if he needs to run out and get shopping or get food for Christmas, like he's able to do it. So I'm going to really, really try harder on that next year because it made my Christmas this year very difficult. I was out on the 23rd going to many different places getting stuff for Christmas. Another little tip that I have is have a vacation buffer try as hard as you can the day before you go on vacation to not schedule anything and the day you get back to not schedule anything. That buffer will save your life. If you come in and you have a day of consultations on the day that you get back, you are going to be hating your life. All right, so there's just some tips for practicing and thank you for listening. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Patreon, and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name and under my law office, um, Law Office of Florence Brummer. And you can find me on my website, brummerlaw.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back in two weeks.